Good evening, everybody. Can everybody hear me? Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Praise God. God is good. Can you hear me? Amen. All right. Hello, everybody. God bless you. Thank you for coming to New Birth Bible Studies. Tonight we will just be studying um, on uh, salvation. Amen. Welcome to New Birth Church Services and Bible Study Online. We're glad that you came. Please feel free to join our prayer group as well, New Birth Ministries. Uh, we have one request of visitors. If you're here to learn about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we appreciate it, and we will lead you into the family of God. If you're here to push your own religion, which we do have some people from other countries that come on and try to do that, uh, we're asking that you please refrain as we are believers of the Trinity and we are not interested in another religion or God. If you disobey our request and continue to disrupt the class in any way, you'll be removed. Thank you. So we're going to study tonight on salvation, receiving salvation. Praise God. Let's open up with prayer. Holy Father, Lord God, I thank you for being God all by yourself. I thank you for sitting high and looking low. I thank you for taking care of us. You're a good and almighty, wonderful God. You're a wonderful Father. Lord God, for all the prayer requests that we've received, uh, we give them to you, Lord God, because we know that you will handle them correctly. And, Lord God, we can't remember all the names that we receive, but you know, you see all, and you understand everything that people need. You told us so many times in your holy word that we have not because we ask not. So we're asking you now, Lord, uh, to forgive us of our sins and continue to teach us, especially in this Bible study tonight, Lord, every day that we wake up. Teach us your word, your will, and your way. We thank you for what Jesus did on the cross when he died for us and shed his blood for us, Lord God. We thank you for that. And Lord God, for all those people who can't make it tonight, we ask that you please bless them. Uh, Lord God, the ones that can't make it, the ones that are trying, the ones that come on already, already is already on. Lord God, for the sick and the shut-in and those in prison, Lord God, whether it be uh, physical or mental, emotional prison, Lord God, we ask that you release them, Lord God, or bless them, Lord God, for them to understand to re that they need to repent of their evil ways, Lord God. Amen. So we thank you, Lord God, for this Bible study, and we ask that you speak to us. Speak through me. Hide me behind a cross and speak through me, Lord God, so that we can learn more about your salvation that is free, that cannot be bought. In Jesus' holy name, amen, amen, praise God, and amen. We have a few people registered for the class tonight. I don't know if they're going to come on or not. Um, our friend from in Brazil and China and Russia, I don't know if they're going to come on or not because there's other classes going on at the same time. Sometimes they can come on and sometimes they can't. Amen. Um, it all depends on their uh, bandwidth. Now, if you have the messenger, AIM, Yahoo Messenger, um, if, you, if on your computer, maybe your computer might not have enough uh, uh, room, memory, so you might have to uh, get rid of them, take them off, 
or you'll keep getting uh, booted off the program because your computer can't hold the memory. This, this uh, program holds a lot of memory. Amen. God is good and worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Praise God. Judy, I hope everything's going good down there in Florida. Praise God. Amen. God is good. So, tonight we are studying receiving salvation. I hope everybody has their Bibles with them. I'm just going to roll through this tonight. And I hope that by the time we get finished, everybody will understand what receiving salvation is, what it does, what it's for. Amen. Praise God. And I hope it helps you. I really hope it helps you because there are, there are some people who have received salvation. Amen. And, but they just didn't understand what it was that they did or why they did it or what it was for. So that's what we're going to discuss tonight. Praise God. For the Lord is worthy to be praised. God offers us salvation through Jesus. It's in the Bible. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. I hope you have your swords with you, have your Bibles with you, because you surely will, in a world like today, you will surely need it. And Matthew one twenty one says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. His name is Jesus. His real name, his Hebrew name is Yeshua. It's different spellings, but the main spelling that I know is Y-E-S-H-U-A, and his, we call him Jesus the Christ, for he will save uh, his people from their sins. Jesus Christ is the only way to have your sins forgiven, to save you. You have to go through Jesus. Amen. Salvation is free. It is found nowhere else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Salvation means we receive eternal life if we enter into a personal relationship with God. Everybody has to have a personal relationship with God. Just like your best friend, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you have to have a personal relationship with him. God wants you to have a personal relationship with him. Amen. It's in the Bible. Uh, we, if, let's look at John 17.3. Let's go to John chapter 17.3. Only through Jesus, no other way, can you have salvation and be saved. John 17:3 says, "And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent." Amen. It's Jesus. You know, there are so many people you see on TV. There are so many people that try to say that you could be saved and go to heaven this way. You can go to heaven that way, and God will accept you. No, he doesn't. God wants you to accept his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. There's no other way. If you try to find any other way, God calls you a thief. There is only one way to salvation, and it's not the easy road. Amen. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 14, it says, Heaven can be entered only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, 
and its gate is wide enough for all the multitudes who choose its easy way. But the gateway to life is small, and the road is narrow, and only a few ever find it. Salvation and living a saved life is not easy. If you notice, the Bible says the road to hell is broad. It's a big, broad road. The road to heaven is a narrow gate. You can only get so much through that narrow gate. Amen. You have to shed some of that off. You have to shed off all the mess. In you have to shed off all the mess to get into heaven, to get through that narrow gate. Amen. Uh, some people don't just seem like they don't understand that, but that's what you have to do. Amen. You just can't. God is just not going to accept anything or anybody. That's why he sent his son. Amen. So that we can accept him. And salvation, much to people's surprise, cannot be earned. Salvation is a gift. It's in the Bible. Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9, says, Because of his kindness, you've been saved through trusting Christ. And even trusting is not of yourselves. It, too, is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good we have done. So none of us can take any credit for it. You cannot take credit for God's salvation. No one can take credit for it. It's his. Once you get saved, when you get saved, it's a gift from God. Amen. And even trusting in God. Trusting, the act of trusting is not of yourselves. See, like it says in the Bible, Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. Even trusting is not of yourselves. It's a gift. It too is a gift from God. A lot of people don't understand this. They're gifts from God. It's nothing that you did. Amen? It is nothing that you did. They're gifts from God. God loved you enough to give it to you. Amen. So you can't take credit for it. It's God's. Receiving salvation is a powerful, personal response to the gospel, including repentance for sin. See, when you listen to someone teach or preach, and sometimes somebody can just hold a conversation with you, and the power of God is so strong, his dunamis power, that it will begin to convict you. Conviction and condemnation are two different things. Conviction is when the Holy Spirit corrects you for something that you've been doing wrong. And you have to ask God to forgive you, or you have to repent, to see, repent of that thing. Condemnation is what Satan does. He tries to make you feel bad all the time. He constantly tries to bring up all your wrongdoing. He constantly tries to uh, remind you of your sin. See, the Holy Spirit convicts you. And when you become convicted, some people cry, some people feel really sad about the way they've been acting or the way they've been living their life. Well, that's what's supposed to happen, see? There's something called true and false repentance. You know, a person who has true repentance shows a godly sorrow. 
some people say, I repent, I repent, okay, I'm sorry, I repent, I'm sorry, Lord, okay, you know, let, help me out here. No, that's, that's not, no. That is not showing a godly sorrow. When you repent of your sins, you will be sorry for the sins that you committed against God, and you'll feel bad about it. And he'll see your heart. God reads hearts. Amen. Receiving salvation is a powerful personal response to the gospel, including the repentance for sin. It's in the Bible, Acts 2, 37 and 38. These words of Peter moved them deeply, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Each one of you must turn from your sin, return to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Receiving salvation is simple, direct, personal, and public. Once you receive salvation of the Lord, amen, once you do it uh, personally, then you want to do it publicly. Uh, Romans 10, 8-10, for salvation that comes from trusting Christ, which is what we preach, is already within easy reach of each of us. In fact, it is as near as our own hearts and mouths. For if you tell others with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord, and believe in your own heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is by believing in his heart that a man becomes right with God, and with his mouth he tells others of his faith, confirming his salvation. Once you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will want to go and tell everybody. That doesn't say that everybody's going to be happy about it. Amen. But you'll want to go and tell everybody that you found Jesus as your Lord. Because you'll be proud. You'll be proud of it. You'll be proud of the fact that you finally did something right. You finally put yourself down and picked Jesus up. Now, glorify and magnify him. First, what should you do to receive salvation? One must recognize that he or she is a sinner. You have to recognize that you are a sinner. That means you have to take the fall. There are some people that have so much pride that they don't want to admit that they're sinners. Recognize that you're a sinner. You have to see that you are hopelessly lost. Let's turn to 1 John 1 8. Amen. 1 John. 1, 8. You have to see that you are hopelessly lost. And it says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I want to go on to 9 and 10. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So when you see people say, I don't sin, I don't need to do all that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm perfect, I, they're lying, 
And there's another scripture in the Bible that says the devil was their father before he is the father of lies. Everyone has sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says, we just read in 1 John 1, 8, 9, and 10, it says, uh, You lie when you say you have no sin, and the truth is not in you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you read Acts 2.37, it says that they were pricked in their hearts and asked what should they do to be saved. See, when you listen to the word of God, your heart should be pricked. There should be a feeling within you where you just know that it burnt something out of you, burnt some kind of dross out of you. There should be, like I said, that godly sorrow. They were pricked in their hearts, see? You can feel the cleanliness and the purity of God's word, which leads you to salvation. In Acts 16.30, where the woman asks, What must I do to be saved? Well, what must you do to be saved? Let's turn to Mark 1.15. Mark chapter 1, verse 15 says, And Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So if you want to know what you should do to be saved, you have to repent of your sins. Amen. Like I said earlier, be sorry for your sins. And notice Jesus also says, and believe the gospel. You have to believe in God. You, you must first believe that he is. That God exists. Now after you repent of your sins. And you believe the gospel. Obviously if you're believing the gospel. That, that is showing God that you plan on studying his word. Start to study his word. Amen. And there's different um, scriptures that talk about repenting. Acts 17.30. Uh, I'll read these out in case you want to write them down and do it later. Acts 26 verses 19 and 20, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, verses 8 to 9, Acts 3.19, and Luke 13, verses 3 and 5. Now the Greek word for repent, <coughs> metnea, M-E-T-A-N-O-E-A, -E which means to think differently or afterwards to reconsider. When you become saved, you should begin to reconsider your life, to think differently after you become saved. You just don't, there are so many people that play with God. You know, your arms are too short to box with God. Once you become saved, something about you should change. You can't play with God. Something about you should change. If you have respect for God, something in you will change. I said earlier today on YouTube and thinking Facebook that it's gotten to the point now where people have no respect for authority at all. None. No respect. I mean, there's so many people that have so many um, spirits in them. So There's so much demonic action going on that there's just no respect for authority at all. Uh, people get say they say that they're saved, they get saved, but then they're the same person after they get saved as they were before they got saved. As, as some people say, I've heard people say they went down a dry devil and came up a wet devil. 
Repentance is a turning away from sin and forsaking it. To forsake something is to totally leave it alone. You don't continue to act the way you act. You acted before. Beforehand, amen. Repentance is a heart attitude. A godly sorrow. Amen. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 7. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7. And it says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for the Lord looks on the outward appearance. Now, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. God sees your heart. God knows if you're real, if you're telling the truth or not. See, repentance is a heart attitude. God can tell by your attitude whether or not you are having a true or false repentance and you received his salvation. You received his son Jesus. You can't play with this. Amen. Um, then, after you recognize, number one, you recognize that you're a sinner. Then, number two, you repent. Number three, we have to have confession of sin. First John 1 John 1.9 says, Confess our sins, for God is faithful. Ezra 10.11 says, Confess and separate from people of the land. When you confess your sins, there will be a separation from the people that you were used to being with. There is a separation. There should be a separation. You should begin to feel something different in your life. You should be able to look at the people that you used to hang with and you should be able to see, wow, I used to be like that. Wow, Lord, I'm sorry. There should be a change. Amen. Proverbs 28.13 says, A cover of sins shall not prosper. But a confessor of sins has mercy. When you confess your sins, God will give you mercy. He'll have mercy on you. Amen. Confess your sins and God will have mercy on you. You have to do what he says to do first in order to receive his mercy. And if you remember from our last Bible study, I was saying that mercy is not receiving something that you do deserve, just like in a courtroom. You go to court for something that you did, and you really deserve five years, but, the, but they give you probation. That's mercy. We deserve death to never come back again. But God gives us his love and his mercy. Amen. Jeremiah 3.13. Uh, and it says, uh, Only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree and ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. See, God is talking about confession of sin. He said, just acknowledge your iniquity. God's just saying, just admit you're wrong. <laughs> There's so many people trying to get around him and get above him and below him and everything God is just saying, just admit that you're wrong. I'm sitting here waiting for you. I have so many good things for you. If you would just drop that pride and admit 
you're wrong. Praise God. God is good. Amen. Drop your pride and admit that you're wrong. Complete confession of sin. Amen. Now let's go to Romans chapter 10 in the back of the Bible. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 10. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So you have to believe this here first. You have to believe this. Amen. God is telling you this is not a joke. You have to believe. Believe in Jesus. Believe that he died and was raised from the dead. And verse 10 says, For with the heart, there's the heart again, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, there should be a heart change. When you're receiving God's salvation, you will go through a heart change. You will not be the same person. You will learn to love. God will teach you to love. Amen. You just will not be the same. See, there is a difference. And you also, in order to receive God's salvation, you have to call on Yeshua, God's Son. Call on Jesus. Acts 2.21 tells us that whomsoever shall call on the Lord shall be saved. Just call on him. But when you call on him, believe also. Don't You just don't call because you, you know his name. You call and believe. Jesus is your big brother in the family of God. He's your savior. I'll explain to you how he's your big brother. He is God's only son. Which means he, he's the firstborn. He is God's only son. But whenever you accept him as your savior... You become a brother or a sister in the body of Christ, see, with him. So he's your big brother. He's the oldest. Amen. He's been here since, since before, time, before time as we know it. So he is your big brother. He is your Savior. He is your Lord. He is your God. You can't get around him. Call on him. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we have to remember that God is in control at all times. The Bible says he doesn't sleep. God does not sleep. In Revelation 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he said, if you let me in, we'll suck together. God will sit down. He will sit down and eat and drink and talk with you. He'll ha you can have the best relationship. All you have to do is let him in. When you feel that, that uh, pricking at your heart, when you feel the Holy Spirit of God knocking at the door of your heart, let him in. Don't worry about your friends. Don't worry about who is around you. Don't worry about who, who, what people are going to think. Let him in. That will be the best decision you ever made in your life. 
He said, let me in and I'll sup with you. It means eat and drink, talk with you, hold a conversation with you. You invite Jesus to come into your heart and take control of your life. When you allow Jesus to take control of your life, you can't go wrong with anything. Oh, you might question some things. Your nerves might get a little bad because you're used to handling things on your own. But trust me when I say this. Jesus will never let you down. He's not looking at what you did. He's not looking at what you are. After, listen, when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, from the time you asked him to come into your heart and be your Savior, everything that you did before that moment in time is forgotten. The Bible says he throws it as far as the east is from the west and forgets and remembers it no more. Now, what you do after you got saved will be judged. God will judge you on your actions. That's why after you get saved, something in you should change. <laughs> Who wants to be judged and sent to hell when they had a chance to go to heaven? So whatever you did before you received Jesus Christ, it's washed away. I don't care what it was. Anything. Uh, from A to Z. From alphabet A to Z. It's gone. The only one that will bring it back up to you is uh, haters. <laughs> The devil, Satan, somebody, is because he always likes to remind us of our sins, doesn't he? He always wants to show up to make you feel bad about something. He always wants to embarrass you. He always wants to remind you of something that you did, something that you did a long time ago. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. <coughs> Satan is an accuser of the brethren. He will accuse you until God sends him to hell. It's his job. You can't stop it. That's why you have to have Jesus as your Savior. Amen. Now, now that you called on Jesus, commit your life to Jesus. Believe that God raised him from the dead. You'll have salvation. Amen. And get rid of your self-nature. Repent of your sins and get rid of your self-nature. Your mind is going to try to constantly battle you. You hear Joyce Meyer, she made that book years ago called, uh, the, what is it, The Battlefield of the Mind. Your mind is a battlefield. That's where the enemy tries to get you. When, when uh, Satan took Jesus up on a mountain and said, look at all this. Do you see all this? I'll give this to you if you just bow down and worship me. Think about it. There wasn't anybody there with him. There wasn't. There was His mind. It was in his mind. Satan was trying to control Jesus' mind. Just as he tries to control our minds. Oh, he was there. But he was, it was in, he was trying to control Jesus' thoughts, see? Have you ever had thoughts come to you? And you begin to battle, and you're like, well, no, that's kind of weird. I don't like what I just thought. That was really weird. Why did that come to me? That's the enemy. Satan put it in your mind. He wants you to believe those things. 
he wants you to believe. And also, he's doing his job. Satan's doing his job. And then you have your sin nature that's doing its job. So they're both battling you. Your the devil and your flesh are battling the new you. That's why some of us are told, that's why we're told in the Bible to fast and pray. Sometimes you have to fast along with praying. Skip a meal or two, a couple days. Some people go 21 days, long day. I don't, re I don't tell people to do that because there's some people who have diabetes or are sick or something and they have to eat or take their pills or something. But you can skip a meal or you can fast from solids. You can fast from meat or you can fast from the computer or you can fast from the TV. You can fast from the telephone. There's different ways that you can fast. <coughs> fast and pray. <coughs> you can not answer the telephone, not watch TV, <coughs> not get on the computer for three days or whatever, and just pray. Uh, you just tell God, Lord, I want to live for you. That's the point of salvation. Living for God, not living for ourselves anymore. Amen. And then, believe in Christ. Have faith in him. Ephesians, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 9. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, for it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You cannot pay for salvation. There was a warlock in the Bible practice witchcraft or warlock. And he walked up to the apostles and asked them <laughs> if he could buy the power that they were using to heal people and to help people. This fool, yes I call him a fool because anybody that believes in witchcraft is a fool. Why worship the createe when you could worship the creator? Witchcraft is only temporary. If you do have any powers, you can bet your life on it. It's ain't going to last so long. If you do. Amen. This fool thought that he can actually buy God's power from the apostles. How stupid can you get? God fights his children's battles. He fights our battles for us. Nobody can harm us. Nobody can hurt us. They can try. You can't stop people from doing it. You know, they can try. But when God gets them back, feel sorry for them. <laughs> Amen. You cannot. You see what it says. It says, not of works. What Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Uh, for by grace you're saved through faith. And that not of yourself. See, there's no way you can be saved. No other way. But by the grace of God, through his son Jesus. For it's a gift, it says, of God. Not of your works. Because if you could, people would boast about it. And look what I did. I, if it wasn't for me, well, see, you can't boast about it. Now, in believing, one accepts Christ. Faith brings an action of receiving. It's a hard act. You have to learn to receive without pride. Some people have so much pride in them that they kick their blessings to the side. 
It is not always meant for you to repay somebody. You know, a lot of times when you get something nice, God meant for you to have that thing. You don't have to repay the person that gave it to you. Just thank God for it. <laughs> what if the person that gave it to you could care less whether or not you gave? What if they're just acting upon a, a hunch and they don't even realize that God's using them? Now you want to pay them back and, and, and dedicate your life to them whenever it was God that gave it to you in the first place. Thank God for it. Faith brings an action of receiving. When you have faith in God, you will begin to receive his blessings. I'm going to turn to Matthew 10:40. Matthew chapter 10 verse 40. And it says, "He that hath received you receiveth me. And he that hath received me receives him that sent me." Jesus says, "Whoever receives you receives him. And whoever receives him receives the God that sent him. Amen. Learn to receive. You're redeemed. To be redeemed is to be the next of kin, as I was telling you. And as such, to buy back a relative's property, marry his widow, and so forth, you are redeemed. You're paid for. It's paid for. Your life. Jesus paid the price for you. Nobody else. Nothing else could. The dictionary says, redeemed is to demand back one's property. Such as to repurchase. To buy again an estate which had been sold. To deliver. See? To set free. In Greek is parak. The word is P-A-R-A-Q. Which means to break off, to deliver, to redeem, to loosen or separate. Jesus loosened you once you accepted him. A ransoming. He ransomed you. You were ransomed. You were paid for. Ransom in full. Salvation. Deliverance. You're delivered. Whatever you went through before, it's gone unless you decide to pick it back up again. Agorazo, A-G-O-R-A-Z-O, to go to the market, to purchase, see? Amen. To redeem, to buy, to buy up, to rescue from loss. And one becomes a new creation. God buys us back from whoring around with other gods. He buys you back. So, as far as Jesus is concerned, believe in him. Ask him to come into your heart by faith. And ask him to reveal himself to you. He will. God is not a man that he should lie. That's scripture. Open the Bible to the Gospel of John and read what God says about Jesus. You can read. You're allowed to. Read what he says about you and about being born again. God will help you. He loves you. You need to look for a local church where God's word is preached. The Bible says that we are to desire God's word like a newborn baby desires mother's milk. 
Aren't you hungry to know the truth? Water baptism is one of the ways that you first show that you've been joined to Jesus. This is an action, and actions will not save you. However, it is an act of obedience. It's a symbol of commitment. The symbolism is this. When you go down in the water, you show that you've been crucified and buried with him. And when you come up out of the water, you show that you've been raised to walk with Jesus in the newness of life. Read Romans chapter 6 when you get a chance. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you've been born again. John chapter 3. Your body has become God's temple. You are now God's temple. Forgiveness is yours in Jesus. Your heart is where he lives. And you belong to him and he belongs to you. You used to be sin slave. But now you're a child of God. John 1.12 says, As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Devils and demons, they flee whenever you say the name of Jesus with authority and power and faith and love. So if there's anybody out there that wants to accept Jesus Christ right now, just repeat this after me and say Lord Jesus please forgive me of my sins I want to start all over with you as my Savior and my Lord let your Holy Spirit teach me burn out all the evil in me help me with everything be my best friend, my God, my teacher. Thank you for dying on the cross just for me. Amen. And if you've said that, welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome to the family of God. Go out and find yourself a Bible-believing church that preaches both the Old and the New Testament. Get baptized. Begin to go to Bible studies. Learn of Him. And don't be afraid to ask. God will answer you. You just have to have a personal relationship with Him and learn how to listen to His still, small voice. Amen. Thank you for coming to the Bible study tonight. God bless you and God.